Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. <laughs> My name is Lux. <laughs> chain rattle, chain rattle, blood drip, blood drip. My name is Lux. I'm your host. Joining me as always, he's one writer who will not stick to sports. It's Griffin Davis. I will not stick to T-sports. I will talk only about eSports. Oh, have you been following the Deadspin stuff today? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, why that's why that's why I said that, because that's been devastating, but also it, so inspiring. It's been very inspiring. Uh, no one should cover sports. We should we should cover everything else and move away from sports. I love this movement, this anti sports uh, sentiment that's occurring in journalism right now. And I'm 100 percent for it. I'm not sure that's exactly what's going on. Oh, for anyone who has been following Deadspin, the last good website, um, a bunch of their writers quit today because their management was uh, messing with their editorial side about all kinds of things like what they're covering. And it is so fucking baller for a bunch of people in the shitty media market and media industry to just like put up two middle fingers and walk out the door and be like, no, nah, if you're going to be dicks about this, we fucking quit. Yeah, that is like the coolest, most solidarity fucking shit I've ever seen. That's so, so dope. It's awesome. And, and I hope uh, that when I quit Game Boys, you'll quit with me in solidarity. And finally, we can show our boss, Mr. Game Boy, who's boss. I just I, and it's this not has, him. It's us. And, and yes. And in all seriousness, I do support all of these all these writers and journalists uh, fighting for their rights. And it's made me want to unionize Game Boys uh, so that I can get um, I can get just access to uh, control of the crops or what what is it? What is it? We're securing the means of production. I there want to go. be the one to intro the podcast. Sometimes uh, I would like to um, get to post the episodes. Actually, never mind. I don't want the production. The productions, they're too much. Yeah, my. My reward for posting the episode every week is that I get to do the dumb intro. If you want to post it, you can do the dumb intro. We can make that the official rule. Whoever posts the episode gets to do the next intro. Well, speaking of posting, we've got a good hey, poster nice. on the episode today. One of my favorite posters, Adam Serwa, a return Whoa. champion. Oh, hello, friends. Uh, They're back. Hi. It's Porky. He's Median. Wrestler. Idiot. Idiot. Former roommate. Potential future roommate. Wow, good friend. Wow, it comes full circle. And full-time slam artist. <laughs> An absolute slamster. I um, love I love to slam. Um but yeah, Adam, you're here. It's almost Halloween. We're having a great time. But Griffin, do you want to ask Adam a question that we ask all our guests when they first show up? Yeah. What do you who have you been scaring this week? What have I been scaring this week? I've been scaring around on uh, a little bit of Soma. Whoa, wait. A little bit of Dead Rising, but I'm scared forever. What which what what's Soma? Oh, Soma is uh one of those uh get spooked hardcore games. I've only played through the first hour of it. It's on like every one of those. This is the spookiest game. You could play this Halloween season list. Uh, and I saw it and I was like, oh, this is on one of my uh, this is on my PlayStation Plus like downloads. I'll finally play it. Played it for an hour last night. I was like, nah, it's, I started this too late. This is this is upsetting. I'm never going to get to sleep because I was just wandering around the corridor trying to find some shit. 
knowing that something is going to come kick my ass. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I have no weapons. That's what it's all about with these spooky games. Obviously, we're doing a spooky episode. If you're listening in, you know, you're probably still wiping off the the costume makeup from last night at Halloween. Uh, And we're, you know, this should have come out maybe a week earlier, but who cares? It's November 1st. Luigi's Mansion is out and we're we're ringing in the spook season with a very spooky episode. And I had a, I had a kind of a, a Halloween related question for for you guys um at the start. What 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 are, what is the scariest type of game uh for you guys? And I I think I'll start uh the scariest thing for me is like the water level in any video game. Uh I am perpetually <laughs> horrified by swimming and diving and going under the water. And it doesn't matter what game it is, it's just terrifying. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good one. I mean, water is always spooky because it holds unknown danger and unknown mystery. Plus, you can always do drowning, which is which is rough. And like 90% of gamers have been scarred by the water temple from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So there's past trauma to draw on there. For sure. Yeah, I'm mainly scared of all the convoluted puzzles that lay below the, the water. Are you ready to adjust the water level 17 times in order to get it right once? <laughs> um, for me, I think the answer to your question, Griffin, is something like what Porky described with Soma, which is like a game where your objectives aren't 100% clear and you know that everything around you is stronger and bigger and scarier than you. So that it really is just like, your only option is to hide. And because I think for me, a lot of what makes gaming fun and comforting is this idea that like I can be the big, tough, special boy who solves the problem. And a game that like takes that away from you is like terrifying. For sure. It's very, very, there are no very, very like big, slender tough, strong boys here. Very, very, very $30. Yeah. yeah. Give me, tw- give me $20 or whatever amount that song was about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This feeling of not being able to dominate to to score you know just all the rules are peeled back for you um and and, uh adam what is what's for you what's the scariest part of the video game i mean the the scariest part for me uh obviously the walking down a dark corridor i'm not the strongest person i don't have anything to defend myself first person perspective scares the shit out of me but just the constant like sense of dread that something is behind you. Like I call it the PT effect where you know that something is behind you a hundred percent of the time, but you cannot swing the camera to see it for sure. Yeah. Just yeah. bad camera controls are scary. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I'm so, ter- <laughs> that's why I'm so terrified of some metal gear solids. Um, so Griffin, now that's aside and we know what spooks you. What's your plan? Uh, well, so I've decided, guys, uh, to make sort of a commitment that I am not going to play anything else until I hit level 60 in World of Warcraft. Uh, wow. I really thought I really thought you're going to be like, I've decided with all the stuff that's happening that I'm going to make a commitment to not play World of Warcraft anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hard the other way. Uh, you know, partially it's a partial financial decision. You know, I'd love to play Outer Worlds. I'd love to waste $60 on Death Stranding. Uh, but right now there's a sickness inside me that can only be cured by diving down deep and digging in hard and achieving something that very few have achieved. And 
I really I can't look back now. I'm in it. I'm level 43 currently. Uh, so I think I have if I really push it about three more weeks of episodes of talking about this and then we can finally stop talking about it. Uh, I look forward because to then it. it'll be all about Endgame, man. Mm. Is World of Warcraft in 2019 the OK Boomer meme of gaming? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I've just been kind of. Yeah, I'm disintegrating. <laughs> I just got electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so you that's said, what I, you said it. Porky's a slam master. And you just got slammed. Well, that's what I've been playing. Lex, what have you been playing this week? Oh, buddy, you already mentioned it. I'm playing uh, Outer Worlds and I am fucking loving it. Nice. It's really fun. It's the shooting is easy and it's not so Fallout. I was always more of a Skyrim person, than a Fallout person, both because I like fantasy stuff more than I like sci-fi stuff. Generally, like aesthetically speaking, and also because like. It was a little more forgiving in sort of the first person mode. I'm not that good at first person shooting stuff. This game is very forgiving in that mode, which is nice. And also you can really dialogue your way out of a lot of things. Hell yeah. Which has been my main grind. It's also really fun because like the good, bad sort of directionality is largely like corporations versus non-corporations. Occasionally you get some weird stuff like a weird libertarian commune in a corporation. You're sort of like, I don't know who to trust here. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, it's like the ethics are pretty clear and fun to me. And it's just super fucking fun to play. It's sweet to have a spaceship. Your companions are fun and interesting. Their quests are cool. I told Griffin this. There was a line of dialogue in like the first hour and change that was just so real and true that I was instantly in on the game where someone was like, uh, like, what are you doing here? What's going on? And I was like, something about cutting the power and you have to move. I wasn't really paying attention was like a line that you could just say. And it was very true because I couldn't remember the storyline I was dealing with because <laughs> I'd been smoking weed. You can spec into um, Yeah, you can spec into 420 powers. Yeah. And it's, it's just super duper fun. And it's there's like all kinds of cool builds you can do. And it's not that hard to pivot. Like, yeah, it's, it's I started having a the, hardcore. It's the first good Fallout game since New Vegas. It's been a long time. I think that's fair to say. I mean, like. For instance, I started out as a handguns guy, and like I said, I suck at shooting guns, and so it was very clear quickly that like I can't just be a handguns guy, and it was very easy to like pivot into melee as like a strat and stuff. Yeah, you're definitely more of a knife guy type. I can just tell. Yeah, I'm a real knife pervert. <laughs> um, me, I'm before, a I'm a normal sex guy. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but uh, brave, brave that you would say something like that in 2019. Wow, Griffin. absolute hero, normal sex guy, yeah, very <laughs> courageous. Um, en- engaged consensual actually, missionary. <laughs> you know what? Speak. Speaking of this, um, you have a spacesuit that fucks. That's kind. That's not normal. <laughs> you know, it's normal by Griffin. It's, it's normal a for Griffin. Hey, it, it's it's in the outer worlds. Speaking of this, um, what are you guys going to be for Halloween? Uh, I just yeah, I want to say well, when you guys think about what Halloween costumes you're going to wear this year, and by that I mean you've just worn them. If you're listening to this episode. I hope you weren't dressing up as some sort of uh, headphone gamer or someone from from Fortnite. My culture is not your costume. OK. <laughs> All right, Griffin. But what is your costume? What are you going to ha- what are you going to have worn yesterday? Uh, I'm working. I'm not going to Halloween. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So I, I'm wearing the scary cloak of capitalism. Ooh, plus 10 depression. Yeah, all <laughs> negative stats. Um, Equip chains of oppression. Uh, pork slam, what about you? What are you doing for... Uh, well, I already did. Oh, first off, I'm goth, so every day is fucking Halloween for me. Uh, 
had to get that classic nugget in there. And make sure everyone knows how goth I am. Yeah, you and, can't and, see and me, Lux, but you can hear the sadness. Lux, how goth are you? Minimally. Okay. Well, I mean, I wear black. I wear a lot of black, but mm-hmm. not like goth black, sort of like a tired guy black. Mm-hmm. They're not that far apart most days. Uh, but I did do my dress up this past weekend and I was a satanic youth pastor. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. Whoa. Um, it was going to be like a Sabrina, the basic witch costume, but I couldn't find a witch hat. So I just had like a crop top to work with. That's uh, all you oh, really the same need. Stuff, the same stuff you wore in Houston. Yeah, exactly. The same thing I wore in okay, Houston, word. but pants with pockets. That's oh, fine. Yeah, you know, it doesn't sound like you've offended any gamers, so that sounds like a safe costume. No, it was it was it was uh, utilitarian, but also slutty, which is how I like to do most Halloweens. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pockets. I struck a blow for gamers rights. Or, um, I will have done so because I'm going to I'm, I'm a, my Halloween costume is a sports pervert. OK, is this the same as a knife pervert? It's no, it's a little bit different. Here's why. I don't have a knife. Oh, <laughs> Also, I'm going to be uh, I will have worn a uh, a football jersey over a hockey jersey with an eyes wide shut mask, sweatpants and a white tie that says punish me, daddy. Fuck you. I hate this. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's 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 not that's not working on any level for me. Works on a lot of levels. They're just all bad levels. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting nasty. I'm going deep down think, in the dungeons. I think simplicity is key. I, I hate these costumes where they have to explain it. Oh, I will not be explaining it. Okay. Well, that's to anyone who asks. Okay. Yeah. You're just going to have to deal with the fact that I'm going to look like a real weirdo. Sure, sure, sure. Well, that's what everyone wore last night, which is a fun, fun new new segment, which we'll do outside of Halloween. What'd you wear last night? Uh, okay. Uh, let's get <laughs> one of the little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The answers are <laughs> largely the same. Uh, okay. Snuggie. Let's get warmed up with a little bit of video game news. Uh, Porky, welcome back to Toxic or Toxic. We've got some big game stories this week and you got to answer from the gut whether you think they are toxic as in bad incel gamer culture get it off my internet watching the joker but misinterpreting Mm -hmm. it uh as a good movie uh or if it's toxic as in the britney spears song which is unanimously beloved a hit a slap and a banger uh news story number one we mentioned the toxic or toxic you nailed it uh, news story number one, Geo Media considering shutting down video game news site Kotaku. Uh, toxic. Yeah, toxic. Man, toxic. Geo Media, we talked about this, we talked about this off the show. Geo Media sucks ass. Kotaku isn't even my favorite uh, gaming site, and still, no. Yeah, yeah. it's no rock, paper, it's shotgun. Good. It's good. It's a good site. Yeah, I mean, uh, they have fun articles. I I I read Kotaku a lot, and I think the one thing that makes Kotaku at least different is a lot of the people in the leadership are like loudly pro union and stuff like that, and like attack the powers at be in the video game industry a lot more than uh, I've seen on other sites. So for that. I'm giving them a do 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 do. I hope they survive, and I think it's toxic for Geo Media to be doing this, guys. That was one that I knew we were all gonna agree on. Uh, yeah, Geo Media can eat a fuck. Yeah, they already killed the best website that was left. Fuck them. Polygon. Yeah. No, uh, fucking what, what was Deadspin. that? A, was that a Hulk Hogan fan site? <laughs> <laughs> no, Geo Media killed Deadspin after Hulk Hogan killed Gawker. 
Oh, Gawker. Well, rip the true hero of everything. Yeah, we need to. We need to RSVP Gawker. We need to. We need to res Gawker, and we need to single target down Hulk Hogan. Sorry, I'm just getting my raid lingo back. Okay, moving on. News story <laughs> number two. Cannot continue. Video Talk game off. class war <laughs> has Fallout players targeting premium subscribers. To give you a little bit more information about this story. Uh, Fallout premium players are easily identifiable by their icons and their gear and special moves. So normal players are killing them. Yeah, I think it's a big dude. Hell yeah. That fucking rules. Rise up, Fallout working class. It's incredible. Band together with your fellow super mutant and kick the shit out of some rich fucker. Some loser. Oh, I've got a hundred dollar subscription. Look at my special armor. Don't (laughs) kill me, pores. Yeah, seize the means of of post-apocalyptic production and kill their asses. What a what a fucking uh piece of shit move by uh bethesda too to be like oh this game that hasn't worked for a year that like and famously doesn't work and nobody has a fun time with it what if you paid a hundred dollars <laughs> a year to play our fucking game you fucking pay pig incredible i love that move on their part and i love this move because it's really the first time in online gaming that i've seen cosmetics work the opposite way normally people who have the coolest backpack emote are the kings of Fortnite. however this is I, one of the first times where it seems like those are actually more of a scarlet letter wow real well, yeah. hawthorne over here in like in like the early 2000s 2010s it was all the rage to be friends with a rich kid because then you could like kind of leech off them now we're in a whole different period where we just want to kill the rich kid and take their stuff. And I would like to say to all my rich I friends, like I am still uh, allied neutral with you. Okay. <laughs> right. I'll suck the money out of you, but like I'll also just take it through force. Moving I don't on. care. News story number three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare rewrites historical American war crime oh, yeah. and blames it on the Russians. <laughs> so toxic, but so funny. What? I think I'm going to say do-do-do-do-do just because we've been talking about what a shit show this game is politically and then they just did that. Yeah, I mean, it's very funny. Um, all right, Porky, I can explain this What, what did so they there was, this, the there was a famous incident in Iraq called the, the Highway the of, of Death. The, yeah, the Highway of Death mm-hmm. that involved a bunch of U.S. and U.S. allied troops sort of bombing a highway as people were marching across it and killing a lot of people. There were um, soldiers, but it was mainly yes. civilians and children that were escaping, and they just firebombed the entire highway. It's like famously called the Highway of Death, but in the game, they for some reason Spec have Ops to mention five. they have to mention the Highway of Death, but they also have to mention that it was the Russians who did it. Which it's very funny because famously it was not. Like if you go to the Wikipedia page, <laughs> if you go to the Wikipedia page, it has a list of the flags of everybody involved. And Russia was not involved on either side of this conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Russia simply was not around. Um, Oh, shit. (laughs) Which is very funny to me because Call of Duty, when it started, was like very much like the nerd shooter. Yeah, but it wasn't actually America either. It was Tulsi Gabbard. Um, you heard that? It was Tulsi Gabbard. Sorry, we're on a podcast, so we got to break the big Tulsi news. 
Um, yeah, we love to talk about Tulsi. Um, but yeah, like Call of Duty used to be like the nerds, the nerd shooter in the sense that it was like very like history oriented. You'll be like, wow, like this is just like what happened at the Battle of the Somme. Amazing. And now they're straight up making shit up, <laughs> like just propaganda. This, this like, is how my idiot grandpa died. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, and it's wildly fucked. Parky, what do you think about it? I think it's both toxics at once. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And fair. so often it's, they are. It's, a, it's, it's right down the middle. It's, yeah. it's a perfect split. It's a perfect score. What, what a boss move. It's extremely evil, but insanely funny it's a, and very audacious. It, it's an incredible score. Uh, and those guys, they know what they're doing. Uh, moving on. Now, here's the real question. Oh. Do you play as the Russians? When no. you when you <laughs> pull this off, that would be a ludicrous twist. <laughs> Don't speak of Russian. Um, <laughs> uh, news story number four: Blizzard loses sponsor Mitsubishi Motors over Hong Kong actions. Yeah, fuck Blizzard, man. I've been oh, yeah. saying. I don't even. I, honestly, at this point, I don't even know if I'm going to buy Reforged. Oh, wow. I had to like work through in my mind, like how much has happened in the Blizzard thing that I paid attention to since like the first salvo was just, oh, Blizzard is kind of trash. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they, uh, they really fucked up, man. They really, uh, did a shitty thing. And, and Mitsubishi has are, uh, had it. And I'm now I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out and buy a Mitsubishi today. That's how I. OK, well, I hit level 60, but I buy a Mitsubishi <laughs> and my karma level gets righted out back at level zero again. These are the ways the this is just a, a classic of absolution of my sins. Thank you. Well, Thanks for playing, folks. That was everyone's favorite show, Toxic or Toxic. <laughs> now, getting back to the spooky part of this show, we asked Adam to pick one of the scariest games he's ever played, and he picked a real spooky one. So I'm excited to talk about <laughs> he it. He got real spooky. Yeah. He asked to pick one of the spookiest games ever played, and then did so turn wow. off your lights, light some candles, put on some some uh, haunted house ambiance, and get ready for a very spooky episode. Ooh. In 1998, Zelda Ocarina of Time released to massive success. The game won numerous awards and accolades and was considered by many to be one of the greatest video games ever made. High off the victory, Nintendo producer Shigeru Miyamoto wanted to release another Zelda game immediately and gave a small team a one-year deadline to release a whole new Zelda. Faced with difficult time restraints, the team took the engine and assets of Ocarina and copied many of them over into their game, creating a mishmash of iconic images but in new, stranger contexts. Matching this design choice, the story took the player to an alternate reality to Ocarina which is to be destroyed along with its inhabitants in three days by a giant falling moon, unless the player can save it from imminent doom. Despite a mixed initial reception, it is now considered to be one of the greatest video games ever made, along with being known as one of the strangest and spookiest Zelda games. This week, it's Majora's Mask. Woo! All right, Parks, so what about this game spooks you out so bad okay like first off you're starting off and it's it's like set at the end of ocarina of time you're walking away 
you're you're on your you're on a pona you're like gee i wonder where navi went i haven't been yelled <laughs> at in about like 30 seconds uh and you you're in the lost woods you get a little lost you get a Stuck into an entirely different dimension, attacked by a skull kid uh, and his two like weird little trickster fairies and your ocarina's gone. Epona's gone. You don't know what's going on. You're in this like spooky, spooky wood. You're running around. All of a sudden you turn into a you run into a mask man and he turns you into a fucking scrub. He turns you into a little little Deku scrub. Yeah, from the very minute, it's like, oh, this is a sequel to the game we all love. That's really normal. And then it's like the second you ride off. it's actually horrifying. It's a nightmare. Like almost immediately, it's a nightmare. And and it's just a a crazy uh, different vibe. You're in these spooky woods. You meet the mask. You get the Deku mask and you transform. And when Link transforms, he screams like he is in so much pain. Yes. It's like uh, like it's literally tearing the soul out of his body. Uh, Adam, could you do your best impression of that right now for us? Not far off. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Um, yeah. So it's so funny because this game seems like in the setup, like, oh, man, a year after Ocarina came out, we're getting this game. It's a lot of the same assets. It's probably just going to be like feel like an expansion on the first game. And it's instantly something far darker. It's like um, it's like in video games when a main character meets like the anti or the dark version of itself. Yeah. It's like it feels very much like that. Uh, I mean, even the, from the, the beginning, it's like the Nega Ocarina. Yeah, it's Nega Ocarina. Like, there's, there's, there's parts of Ocarina that also qualify as like some of the spookiest shit that you could deal with in a video game. You have the whole like the whole after Ganon gets into the the Chamber of Time, uh, like Hyrule Castle Market full of zombies and like death. Uh, you have the spooky ass uh, under the well dungeon that's full of blood and like a weird like dildo version of ditto, but with hands that grab you so it can take a chomp out of you. Like there's a lot of spooky shit there, but then they just took that spirit and like, what if we made an entire fucking game out of this? Right. What if that's the, what we served up to you the whole time? And made it sort of a perpetual tone because you when you become the Deku, you ended up in this weird forest. You have to get through all these weird obstacles. With all, things. all the water is poison. All the water is poison. Everything's stronger than you because you're a tiny little wimpo. Yeah. Majora's Mask is that kid who like went away for summer and came back goth. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is what we're dealing with now. OK. Yeah. Then you like you you have your you have your different races of of Hyrule. Well, I guess Termina, like you have the Gorons and then you have to go to their land and fight a crazy mechanical bull that like is blowing steam on its nostrils and really fucking huge. So yeah, and then you have to deal with the zombies in the weird. Uh, oh, man, the whole the weird like, mummies in the valley. Yeah, so that let's, whole let's, let's valley back up is full a of bit. a bunch of other Before we get shit. to any specifics, let's back up to talk about the the base mechanics that make this game uh, far weirder and more depressing. Uh, the main one being that there is this timer that's counting down and you, it's like a three day timer countdown. And when that runs at a time, the moon crashes into the planet and you have to start the day over again. So in a lot of ways, this game is like Groundhog's Day meets like Lars von Trier's Melancholia. 
Like it's just like <laughs> ah yeah, all about just like a moon just crashing into you and like depression and inevitability and like life being over. And notably, this is not just like a chill moon. This is a moon with a <laughs> terror full, moon, a horrible face. This is a the face of all faces. Like, yeah. it, it takes like the idea of a cosmic horror to an absurd point because like you have the dread of the moon just looming over you. But with every day you get to see the face of the moon clearer and the face of the moon is fucking pissed. All its features are very sunken, but very big. Um, it's covered in, in weird dots. It's a, it's a kind of off blue that is really uncomfortable and like contrasts weirdly with the sky. Like the eyes are, are almost on fire, but in not like a, a color of fire that's real. This image yeah, is so haunting that I had never even played Majora's Mask, but it's just such an infamous image that it, it, it transcends the game and has just become a scary thing. Also, yeah. like the main story is that like this little this sad little fucking imp uh, gets possessed by Majora's mask because he loots that mask salesman and then now is full of powers after his friends are like, yo, dude, you're not being chill. You have bad vibes. You have to go figure out your vibes while we go hold up the pillars of the universe uh, and then. Makes friends with the evil moon. What's more fucking terrifying than a possessed incel on the moon? Uh, I don't know. A, a possessed po incel on the moon who can use the moon as a weapon. Um, maybe a possessed Volcel on Mars. <coughs> Elon Musk. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Elon Musk isn't ever going to make it out of the space system. <laughs> yeah. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? PayPal his way to outer space? <laughs> Fuck that guy. Honestly. Oh, sorry, Star. Let me just PayPal you for it. That might be the quickest way to get there, guys. You never know. Snail mail. Um. So, yeah, this game just functionally is depressing. Uh, you're constantly, as opposed to like ocarina of time is like a hero's journey whereas the entire time in this game you're thinking about how life is about to end and how like your actions are ultimately meaningless because they can be cleansed and undone and then also on top of that what doubles down on that theme is the dialogue changes between all the people as you talk to them over time oh yeah like on day one the guards will be like Ooh wee almost time for the festival love that festival we're gonna have a great time it's great and by day three they're all like Oh, that moon's getting real close. I better go tell my family I love them. Yeah. It's, and it's like, it's, it's very, it's very fucking grim the whole time. And it's so good. And it's so consistent. Like it never stops feeling that way in a way that is really insane for a children's game. What is theoretically a children's game and is just really impressive as a piece of just like coherent art. It kind of like it kind of becomes like sort of this metaphor for a Sisyphusian afterlife where you're just constantly trying like th this is what what like Sisyphus must have been if they were actually a hero instead of like Mr. Rockman. And please don't speak uh, for Sis please don't speak for Sisyphus. He can speak for himself. No, he's busy pushing a fucking rock, but you're pushing the rock of time. Just over and over again, constantly not making it close enough, having to go back, start again, uh, cumulatively until you push the thing over the fucking hill and then you find out, whoa, the rock was the moon. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so, like, let's talk about 
what every Zelda game is known for, which are the Dungos, the Dungies, the Temples. Oh, let's talk about the... What do they rate the, in terms of other Zelda games? Are they are they interesting? Well, they're, very, they're very different in yeah. this than they are in the other ones, because in this, a lot of it is about sort of... Every sort of section is kind of a two-part setup, where part one is like acquiring the relevant mask of the yeah. zone... And the second part's putting that masks to work. And so a lot of the dungeons don't work the way they do in other Zelda games. It's less about acquiring a stacking pile of skills and more about deploying a specific skill in specific ways in a given place. Like, obviously, there are parts of like the Goron dungeon where you use the Deku stuff or whatever. But, but like for the mostly, most part, it's mostly you're doing the Goron shit. Yeah, you're rolling, you're you're smashing rocks. Yeah, or you're you're flying around or whatever, um, etc. And so it, uh, I mean, that's basically Zora. You're doing a lot of swimming. Yeah, but it actually, I remember it being one of the more like enjoyable and fun water temples of the game. Well, this is this is to go back to Sisyphus again, like the famous sort of Camus thing with Sisyphus, right? Is like, what if Sisyphus were happy? Um, and that's kind of what this game is, is because there's no part of this game that isn't fun to do. Yeah. Right. It's repetitive. You do stuff over and over again. Things are difficult, but it's never not fun. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so what if we can find like meaning in like the absurdity of this constant repetition? And it's like this game sort of gives you that. That's in a way that is like extremely fun. That's my entire experience with World of Warcraft Classic. It's like it's a grind. And but there is something to it that's simple and rewarding. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And, and you find you find a little bit of like of like the like Camus like absurd Sisyphus here. Like the reason this Sisyphus doesn't commit suicide is that like he wants to stop the moon from hitting the earth and thinks yeah. that he can. Yeah. Um, and, the, and also another reason and ultimately, he, and ultimately does. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, and ultimately, uh, Sisyphus also stuck around to hit level 60 so he could raid molten core and get rags. All right. <laughs> like you really just want to make Sisyphus all about you. Let's also <laughs> talk about one of the most complicated like rewardingly complicated dungeons in like i think the whole zelda timeline which is the stone canyon dungeon where you have to like you have to figure out a lot of movement puzzles by creating copies of yourself in different masks and putting them on the switches which is a really interesting like it it's a really good mechanic and it's just hard enough that like it's perplexing and frustrating in the good way and not the like, is there something I missed? The one little small key like 15 level changes ago that I now cannot find. And it also, again, plays like some classic horror shit in the sense of like um, it gets very into like how well does link how well do you know link and know yourself and like what does like yourself actually mean like in this game like the idea of what link is is like totally mutable in a way that is like kind of a classic horror thing like if you think about things like uh the exorcist or like other possession movies or like weird werewolf movies like the idea of like losing yourself to like this bigger force or whatever is like scary shit and this game like really taps into that and again that's why this game is so crazy to me when I think about it, because it's a game for children on the N64, and it does it use a lot of the thematic and stylistic techniques of things like fucking Camus and The Exorcist and like it all sorts of nightmare shit. And it's wild to me that that was like that, that ever existed for anyone ever. And yep. despite like having a lot of these themes that are like super duper spooky, 
just uh there is like also the classic zelda like kind of absurdist humor uh there's like one part of uh there's one part of a side quest where you just have to find a piece of paper for a hand that is coming out like a zombie hand coming out of a grate in the floor so it can wipe its ass and you get a piece of heart you also have one where you protect a ranch from aliens. Oh, man. The Lon Lon Ranch raid is terrifying. It's like you go there the first day and they're like, oh, we, we're on hard times at the ranch at our bizarro land uh, Lon Lon Ranch uh, because we've been we're not happy as a family because Malin's been seeing some spooky stuff at night. Second night, you have to go stand with Malin to, to fight off the aliens that are coming to abduct the cows. Yeah. It's- and there's two, there's two outcomes. There's like, there's happy. You would use your bow and arrow to kill all the, all the alien. And they are like, things. they're like little gray alien aliens. Like yeah. they look like your classic alien. Well, they kind of, they kind of have like they're a, a little hunchier, like hunchier and they, they fly. They kind of like have like kind of a like, Ooh, do they have some sights for arms kind yeah. of deal, but also like gray and spooky. But then like, if you fail on the third day, Malin and like the whole family are just kind of sitting there in a daze like, oh, what happened? We got taken somewhere, but we don't know. They definitely got abducted, abducted. probed on uh, all the classic alien abduction shit. Now they are flat out traumatized. Everything on the ranch is traumatized and it's your fault. Yeah. And that all and the goes game back is just like, to, like and that all goes back to like they this they only had a year to make a game. So they're like, what if we make a mechanic where we just have to revisit all these locations so we don't have to build more? And it's like it was kind of ingenious and it like super worked because it's like like we care well, yeah, more they, about they, like content and like a story and narrative like being progressed in interesting ways than like, oh, here's like a new mountain. Uh, and and I think like that paid off really well for them and especially in sort of like a, a psychological horror way. Because each game also includes like multiple, multiple playthroughs, essentially, to get certain like you want to get all of the masks so you can be the spooky, like silver haired God that can just chop the evil mask to shreds in like one stage out of a five stage boss fight. Then you have to do a multi like full three day playthrough quest where you reunite uh, two uh, two lovers that were going to be married uh, through through like the powers of time travel. And it's heartbreaking and it's like emotionally satisfying and such good storytelling. And that's a that's a side quest. Yes, they had to do a lot more side quests because there wasn't a whole lot of main quest. I mean, that is actually some people's complaints with this game. And I think we should get into some of the negative things about it. It's like there are only four temples. Um, uh, it's a considerable less amount than in like a game like Ocarina, which had like nine or something. And yeah, like with the time constraints and stuff concluded. But yeah. it is a very much a smaller Zelda game. It's a it's a Zelda B story. Yes. But the B story is an A plus story. Yeah. So yeah, it's if like you grade a weird, on a curve, that's an A minus. Well, it's like it's almost like a weird like a like a DLC pack. Before yeah. Or like those a, ever existed. Yeah. What it kind of reminds me of is like a comic book one shot. Like if mm. you are reading like a big comic series and they have like the next big arc is in production and they just hire sort of like 
a, a random duo of author illustrator to just write like a, a big one shot comic. That's just like a cool involved solo dolo thing that hangs by itself. Like that's, that's what this feels like to me. Um, and it rules. I am a, a big fan of comic one shots and be a big, big fan of this game. Um, but what are some of the other complaints about this game? Because I fucking love this game. And so I'm not as aware of the things people don't like. About I still it. have the fucking guide for this game that I bought 20 years ago from Nintendo power. That's how much I love this game. Tell me what's wrong with it. Um, I think it's just another like a complaint was that the um, that like there was just like a lot of masks and sometimes the mechanics were weird with them. But uh, I actually haven't even beat this entire game. Yeah. I mean, some of the masks are a little bit silly. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, they're not all. That's valid. They're not all great. Well, but it sounds like I, I will say, fucking I will convinced you guys. Uh, let's <laughs> let's wrap it up and give our final well, thoughts. Wait, before, before we wrap it up, there's one more important thing to talk about. This game spawned like one of the sort of core creepy pastas of oh, the early creepy pasta internet era. Um, for folks who aren't don't follow this kind of stuff, creepy pastas are just like weird stories that get posted online and then get like copied and pasted and expanded on. Um, and the creepy pasta with this game comes a lot from the weird mask stuff. Um, because like it's all Link screaming and stuff. And basically the creepypasta is that some kid bought an N64 at a garage sale with a copy of this game and that the copy he got was haunted and the haunted game kept glitching out whenever Link was screaming and would tell him that Ben drowned, like the text Ben drowned would just appear and that like this. And then when he went back to look into it, it turned out the kid he bought it off, like parents he bought it off of had a kid named Ben who drowned um, there's a bunch of other details in there, but what's very crazy is that this ga- this cr- creepy pasta was like pervasive and fairly like spread fairly virally and was generally kind of like, if not believed, at least like attended to. I believe re- this when I was 15. Yeah. Which really speaks to like the spookiness of this game. I'm right. also gullible, but still. But a lot of people were like, this is a spooky enough game that I could believe it would be haunted by the ghost of a dead boy. Um, and that's wild to me. There was a full, I was I was like looking through YouTube to find just yeah, like whole a, videos about a retrospective of the game just to just to make sure I wasn't going to miss anything because I love it's so good. But they haven't remastered it for something that I currently use yet. So I haven't played through it in maybe about like two years. Uh, but there was a 45 minute video explanation of the Ben Drown theory. That's how much of a creepypasta it is. It has a 45 minute, probably monetized YouTube video. Yeah, we, that's we gotta a successful creepy pasta. We got to find that kid. We got to find that kid's body. We got to get to the bottom of this. If there was no Ben Drowned, there'd be no Slender Man. And there'd be no Epstein. Yeah, Ben Drowned. No, there'd always be no Epstein. He was a false flag. You're right. You're right. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. Bill well, Epstein okay, was just get Bill Clinton's persona. That's what I was about to say. That it was just Bill Clinton in disguise. Um, all right. Well, on that weird note, um, let's go to a commercial break. Hey there, and welcome back to the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux. I'm still your host, your co-host, Sil Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Adam Serbo, and we are still talking about Majora's Mask. Yes. This is a part of the show where we rate that game, boys, uh, girls, and friends beyond the binary. What we're going to do is give our final thoughts and a final score and a rating of one, two, five joysticks. Pork Dog, you go first because you are our guest. And please begin All with right. your final thoughts and then a rating. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, not only is this game uh, a weird metaphor for death and a t- terrible afterlife uh but also it is the story of a young imp 
who became the Joker on the moon. Five out of five joysticks. For sure. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much with it. Like, like I said, uh, it's rare that a fucking 64-bit children's game has me thinking about like Albert Camus and Martin Heidegger and shit. And this game does from the jump. And it's so much fun. It's so scary. It's so tense. It's got a lot of David Lynch energy, which is very wild for a game like this to have. I'm going to go five out of five. I think this might actually be my favorite Zelda game, even more than Ocarina or BOTW. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, incredible scores. Two fives, which famously is the highest that you can score. Wow. Famously. Everyone knows it. Many people are talking about it. Which leaves it up to me. I also really enjoy this game now and i and i I haven't finished it guys i have not finished the game and i don't need to it's great it's spooky it's scary it's surprising it's weird it's kind of the ultimate b-sides of gaming archer's barking he's disagreeing with me okay dude i won't give it a perfect score relax okay he left the room five out of five A perfect game. And I think it really earns it because it's doing, we talk about a lot on the show, a game like needing to be a five out of five by doing like the best version of itself. And so you might say that Ocarina or Breath of the Wild sort of does this better. Here's the thing. This game is doing some very different shit from those games. Mm-hmm. And it's doing it some very different shit from it, like almost any other it's game. It's smoking some indoor is- indica shit. And like, you know, Ocarina, Breath of the Wild, that's some hybrid sativa dominant strains. This is some yeah, chooms exactly. stuff. Yeah, this is heavy chum hours. And like you said, Lux, since like this is the one with the full David Lynch energy, everyone talks about how like Link's Awakening is the most inspired by David Lynch. Like, no, this is this is the full breath of that. Yeah, this is the weirdest. It has so much weird shit. We're just falling into people's <laughs> just lives. Just wait for the of the wild. We haven't even talked about Tingle. The, oh the, man, your weird floating map friend. That's a that's honestly, I would I would break the scale and give it a six out of five just for the just for the fact that I remembered that you can shoot Tingle out of the sky and he gives you a map if you've got enough rupees. <laughs> yeah, um, um, big ever shot tingle. a floating man in pajamas? It rules. Yeah, it's a joy. If you're dressing up like Tingle for this Halloween, send us your pics. We'll we'll post. Yeah, them. if anyone's re- if DM them to me, please. If you're dressed in anything <laughs> but Tingle, we don't give a fuck. So don't. Um, I don't know if you're dressed up as Zelda and we're not liable for whatever happens in Porky's DMs. Yeah. Um, speaking of those DMs, Porky, how can they reach you and send them to you? Uh, you can DM me at uh, a wild Sirwa appears at Instagram dot co <laughs> uh, and pork underscore lion at Twitter dot CZ. Uh, anything else you want to plug or promote aside from oh, that stuff? I would love to promote uh, PWR's next wrestling extravaganza. PWR presents Wassail Mania, a December seventh. A theme not everyone, including me, understands. Wassailing the classic <laughs> Christmas tradition of getting drunk and hounding your neighbors for more booze with song. Yeah, that's it's what I, beautiful. Everyone talks about this like it's a thing everyone knows about. And I certainly don't. I mean, but, I definitely only know it from movies and other and assorted media, but it was part of home. It was a home improvement storyline. Oh, okay. so it no, has to be real. No wonder I don't understand it. Um, 
All right. As far as me, I just got the same shit. Check out uh, Wasselmania. Uh, the Indiegogo will be dropping soon. I'll have a uh, URL for it once it does. And December seventh, Fourth yeah. Tap Brewery. That's when the show is. It's also me on Twitch.tv slash Party World Wrestling. Griffin, you got anything you want to plug? Hell yeah, brother! Uh, we got a new Nobody Yell at Me November tenth. It's in like a week and a half or two weeks. Oh boy, I got a lot of work to do. We got Janine Hogan doing some musical comedy. We got the sketch team, but who have been an online sensation on my timeline. Uh, it's going to be a great show. As always, it is pay what you can. So get your butt over. It's going to be a fun time. Um, I will vouch. I was at the last one uh, and I had a great time. I thought it was super funny. Uh, it was very good. So that is going to do it for today's episode of the Game Boys podcast. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your co-host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is Adam Serwa. Your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your international music by Matthew Morgan. Your arts by Brady Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Majora's Mask! <laughs>